The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. All right, so turn with me please in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 30. The book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 30. Our foundational scripture that we've been looking at for all this while is Matthew chapter 12 verse 30. Are you there? I read. It says, this is Jesus speaking. He said, he that is not with me is against me and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. I read it again. He that is not with me is against me and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad and we are blessed by the reading of God's word. So I'm continuing with my series that I have titled 25 signs of those who gather. 25 signs of those who gather. And this is part nine. Part nine of the 25 signs of those who gather. Let me make this statement and I want you to write it down. It is better to be the tail of an elephant than to be the head of an ant. It is better to be the tail of what? An elephant than the head of an ant. In other words, size matters. Size matters. Because you can be the head of an ant and yet not be as big as the tail of an elephant. The tail of an elephant is obviously bigger than the whole ant. So it is better to be part of something that is big. It is better to be part of something that is growing than to start something and make yourself the head of that thing. Are you following what I'm saying? So when we talk about 25 signs of those who gather, our ultimate purpose is to make our churches a place of great gathering. A place of what? Great gathering. Because God's ultimate desire is for the church to enlarge and to expand to every corner of the world. <coughs> Bear with me this morning. It seems I've caught something. I don't know what it is. So pray for me. Amen. I think it's a change of the weather. I don't know. So it is vital and important for us to understand that God wants us not only us and all our churches to expand and to grow. A baby elephant doesn't have to fast or pray to grow big. How many of you know that? It is in its DNA to become big. Now, if our God is big, how many of you believe that God is big? If our God is big, then 
it is in our, our DNA, the children of God, to become what? Big. We don't have to pray about it. We don't have to fast about it. It is in our nature to become big. And please understand that being big is not wrong. It is good to be big. The only time the church of Jesus Christ will have a voice is when we have the numbers, we are big and making decisions. That's the only time. But if we are in fighting one another, if we are small and scanty and we don't have any level of influence, no one will hear us. No one will listen to us. So it's important for us to galvanize every energy, every resources, every strength we have to make sure that we are growing in accordance to the principles and the word of God. Now, I really would love to go back and recap all the eight weeks that I have done, but I won't do that because now I understand all our messages are free, so you can get it and just listen. You don't have an excuse now. Amen? Amen. Uh, so, we're going to run. The last time we ended, where did we end? What sign did we end on the 10th one? Isn't, isn't that right? The 10th one was we said they bring forth fruits. It seems Pam is the only one who takes note in this church. The rest don't take notes. But I'm praying, Lord, help them to take notes. So the tenth one was what? They bring forth fruit. So we're going to go to the eleventh one. Today we want to cover five because we want to cover five for each service. And make sure that we finish in the next three weeks. Thank God I'm not going anywhere till the year ends. Glory be to God. It's good to be home. So now let's go to our key scripture that we've been taking out these 25 signs from. And that is from the book of Matthew chapter 13 from verse 24 to 30. I read it quickly. I read, it says that another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed a good seed in his field. <coughs> but while men slept, the, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tars also. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Say, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence come then had it tars? Verse 28, he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servants said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up, root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles 
to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. So, Jesus was talking about gatherers. And then he said there are 25 signs hidden in just these few scriptures. Now, the 11th sign of the 25 signs of those who gather is in verse 26. Verse 26, the Bible says that, but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the task also. Then appeared what? The task also. Look at what time the task appeared. I, I spoke to you before that the tars behave as the fruit. They look the same, but they are not the same. So, the purpose of the tar is to destroy the main fruits. Are you following me? That's their purpose, to destroy the main fruit. So, immediately the fruit comes up, the tars also appeared in the same level. Same level. Now, the 11th sign is that they are watchmen who stay alert. They are what? Watchmen who stay alert. Now, who was the one who was able to identify the task? It was the servants. They came to the master and said, did you not sow good seed? How come these tasks have also shown up? Because you didn't sow any bad tasks. You didn't sow any bad fruit or bad seed. So now, the reason why you have to be a watchman is because you have to be able to identify and know what is happening at a place in the church. The only time you will know the difference in a thing or in a place is when you are alert. You are alert. And watchmen must be what? Alert. We have to be alert. Christians have to be alert. When you are alert and there is a change, you know that something has happened. Because notice at what point the enemy sows the task. He sows it when men are sleeping. When men are sleeping. So the reason why you and I have to be watchmen is because watchmen don't sleep. <coughs> I thought I was going to hear a big amen. I don't preach for amens, but... There are certain things, you know, that needs an amen. amen. By now, you know that I don't preach for amen. But I want to hear a big amen on this one. Because there are a lot of sleeping Christians. We sleep too much. We are not sensitive to what's happening around, around us. They sleep through policies through parliament and we are not aware. Because we are sleeping. We are not watchmen. In the olden days, during the Bible time, the Bible was written in an aggregarian period. When I said an aggregarian period, what I'm basically saying is that it was written for people who were farmers. Are you following me? This is why many of Jesus' examples are related to farms, to fruits, to seeds, because that's the language that they understood. Now, if Jesus was in our time, 
He will be giving examples with tablets, with technology, and things like that. For those of you who uh, I saw you on TV on the Black Friday scrambling for sales, Jesus will be using you as an example. Shame on you. <laughs> you queued at 4 a.m. I saw you. I put my CCTV there. <laughs> Amen. So notice that the scriptures were written in that culture. Thank you very much. That, that would really help. The scriptures were written in those times. They were written so that people can understand examples of fruits, trees, and so on and so forth. So when Jesus was talking about this parable, he said, this enemy came and sowed tars, but the tars that he sowed was hidden. And it only takes men and women of discernment to know that this is a tar. That's why even in our times today, many Christians are not able to tell who is a false prophet. We run everywhere. You know, I was, I was hearing things when I went away that where I was that, you know, certain people are now prophets. They give people lotto numbers, lottery numbers. That's how bad it's gotten to. And you have to pay for it. They give lottery numbers. This is happening in the church. And these people are gathering huge crowd. Because Jesus said in the last days, people have itchy ears. They, don't, they will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to come to church on a Sunday like this and be taught line upon line. They want a prophecy. And say, brother, you're wearing, I hope you don't mind, you're wearing, you're wearing a black, a black um, vest inside. What has a black vest got to do with your destiny? And many people scream, yay! Because we are not watchmen. Our senses are dulled. We don't want to go to a church where the, the, the word is taught. We want a place where gymnastics. Oh, this church, we don't do gymnastics. You will never get a gymnastic pastor in any of our branches. That's what we teach line upon line. Because after the gymnastics, when you go home, you face your bills. How are you going to pay your bills when you get home? How are you going to be sensitive knowing what the enemy is doing in your house, in your family, at your workplace? How are you going to identify that? If I come here and I whip your emotions, and you become excited when you walk out of the door, challenges will meet you in your house. So the devil comes to sow tears and the only people who are able to know the tears are those who are watchmen and watch women. The tears are against the growth of the church. Please understand this. The tears are against any form of growth. They don't want growth in any area. The purpose of the tears is to choke and destroy the fruits. 
The enemy uses people as stars in a church to destroy the work of God. So the question I want to ask you is, are you a tar? Are you doing the bidding of the enemy? The tars appear to be like the fruit, but they are not. Do you know that the devil can use you as a tar? Just one word you speak in a church can send 10 people away. Just one word or just one action. One action. But by that time, you might think you're heavily spiritual. But please remember, the devil is looking for people to use. Peter one minute said, Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The next minute he said, don't go to the cross. Jesus said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. So Satan can use you in a split of a minute. You can be a pastor and preach powerfully. Step out and become carnal and fleshy. And one word you say will destroy somebody's destiny. So you have to be careful. You can't be a pastor and just behave anyhow. Your behavior, whether you like it or not, is having an influence on someone negatively or positively. That's what Paul told Timothy. When you go to the house of God, learn how to behave. Your behavior is important. But the sad thing is the church now, especially the charismatic churches, has become the most indisciplined places on earth. Indiscipline. When you're looking for indiscipline, come to church on a Sunday. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. So the enemy uses people as stars in the church to destroy the work of God. The stars, they are like wolves. They are wolves in sheep clothing. But it takes discernment to know them. Tars don't bear fruit in the church. And yet they destroy all the fruits that are brought forth by the true sons and daughters of the ministry. For your information, it's just water in a black cup. It's just warm water. And on this, you can see it's water. So I don't have to say anything about this one. You know, people can say all kinds of things. They say immediately the pastor drank the thing in the black cup. He said, No, it didn't came. <laughs> I wonder what it was. It's just hot, warm water. Please, please, let me just declare it before you know, we go further. So God is calling us to become watchmen and watch women. Are you a watchman? Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 56 verse 9 and 10. Isaiah chapter 56 verse 9 and 10. This has to do with the agrarian watchman. Because in those days, their livelihood was based on their farm. Everything they plant. So they have to make sure that they keep watch so that 
the enemy will not come and destroy what they have planted. So look at Isaiah chapter 56 verse 9. Look, the Bible said, All ye beasts of the field, come devour. All ye beasts of the forest. What are they going to devour? Verse 10. They are going to devour because the watchman or the farmer or the Christian or the believer, verse 10, he is what? Blind. Now, this is a watchman. He said his watchman is what? Blind. They are all ignorant. They are all damn dogs. Now, I'm not saying this. This is God saying it. I don't like using words that seems, I mean, disrespectful. But it's in the Bible, so I have to read it. They are all damn dogs. They cannot back. These are watchmen. They are sleeping. Watchmen sleeping. Lying down, loving slumber. They're loving it. Just loving to slumber. They are blind. What's the purpose of a watchman? To watch. You can't be a blind watchman. I remember when we were growing up, you know, and we go to school, there is a particular place we used to go to that had a lot of fruits. And especially there, there's a watchman who sits in a lazy chair. How many of you know a lazy chair? So they sleep in a lazy chair and they have their bowl. Now this watchman is meant to be awake. But during the day he sleeps because he keeps watch all night. So when he's sleeping, we sneak in there and pluck the fruit and run away. Now what gave us access to the fruit is because the watchman is sleeping. He's ignorant. He has eyes but he's blind. The same thing happens when you are in the church and you are meant to be a watchman, keeping watch, praying for the church, making sure that the church is expanding and growing and sleeping, the enemy comes in and plucks the fruit. In this case, the fruits are the souls. And that's the, that's the strategy of the enemy. Jesus said, the scripture we were reading the enemy comes to sow tasks when men are sleeping. Some of us, the enemy has sown tasks in our destiny whilst we are sleeping. <coughs> the second type of watchman is what I call the national or the city or the church watchman. Isaiah 62 verse 6 and 7. Are you getting something out of this? Some of us must be angry today and say for the rest of my life I'll keep watch. Keep watch over your family. Keep watch over your friends. Keep watch over your children. Praying for them. Praying for them. Some of us is because of our praying grandmothers and praying mothers. That's why we are here today. And we must also be watchmen. Keeping watch for the city. Making sure that our churches are expanding. When we are praying, we are not only praying for this branch, 
praying for all our branches. Why? Because we're watchmen. Isaiah 62, verse 6 to 7. I read, it says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls. See where they are set? Upon where? Thy walls. That means the highest point of the city. So that when the enemy is coming, they can see. O Jerusalem, which shall never, I love this, they shall what? Never hold their peace day or night. So what's the responsibility of the watchman watching day and night? Don't, don't give an excuse and say, oh, but God understands. I kept to watch all night, so I'm permitted to sleep. The Bible says that pray without ceasing. They never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silent. Keep not silence, verse 7. And give him no rest. And give him no rest. Who are we not going to give rest? God. We are not going to give God no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem, till he make solution center, till he make us a praise in the earth. Till he make you a praise in the earth. Till he makes our churches a praise in the earth. And what is a praise? A praise is a place of great joy. A place of testimonies. I know you have a need, but don't pray for your need. Pray for the need of someone. Pray for souls. That's why this church, we don't pray for our needs. Agree with me. When we agree together, we trust God. We see God sending us souls. How many members am I going to get in this chair today to become watchmen? Praying 24-7. Not when the church calls for a prayer meeting. Praying 24-7. Not only for the prayer department. Praying 24-7. Not saying that, oh, that prayer item is for the prayer department. That's why they are there. No, we are all called to the ministry of watchmen and watchwomen. Hallelujah. 12. The 12th sign is that they said the vision of the house. They serve the vision of the house. That's the 12th sign of the 25 signs of those who gather. That's in verse 27. We'll keep going back to our main scripture from the book of Matthew. Verse 27, it says that so the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Say, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence hast it tars? The servants, the key word we want to focus on is the servants of the householder. So that means every household must have servants. Servants here are not derogatory word. It doesn't mean you are inferior. No, I believe you know that we are all servants. In the house, we are all servants. As your pastor, I'm your servant. 
I'm here to serve. Leadership is about serving. Servants of the householder, who do they serve? They serve the householder. They don't serve themselves. They serve the householder. You can't be working in Asda and wear a Tesco uniform. What do they do? They serve the householder. You can't be working in Asda and saying that this is how Tesco does it. So I'll do it according to how Tesco does it. No, you're working in Asda. So you are governed by the rules and regulations of where? Asda. Where are you? You belong to solution. So you serve the vision of the house. Don't introduce your own vision. The servants of the household serve the householder. They don't serve themselves. They don't introduce their own vision. Anything that has two visions is a beast. Anything that has two heads is a beast. That's why God gave you one head. So you won't be called a beast. The householders, they don't serve, they don't introduce their own vision into the department or the church. They implement the vision of the church wherever they are sent. So tomorrow when I send you to uh, any branch, you don't go and implement your own vision. There are stages of disloyalty. One of the stages or the first stage of disloyalty is people become independent. They have an independent spirit. An independent spirit is saying, I don't want to do it according to what the main branch is doing. I don't want to do it according to how pastor is doing. I want to do it the way I do it. An independent spirit is when you are invited to a conference, you don't show up. Because you have an independent spirit. Someone calls it spiritual independent. <laughs> an independent spirit is we have service on a Thursday, you decide, as for me, I'm not coming. That's an independent spirit. An independent spirit is time for evangelism and say, as for me, I did my evangelism last week. An independent spirit is when we call for prayer and fasting, every Friday you say, oh, I fasted on Thursday, so I won't fast on Friday. That's an independent spirit. And that's what caused Lucifer to be thrown out of heaven because he started having an independent spirit. And, and everybody can be attacked by this spirit. Everybody, even me, I have to be careful not to walk in an independent spirit. When I go to our branches, I give them what to preach. When I get there and I'm going to preach, I preach what they are already preaching. I'm the, I'm the general overseer, so to say. I'm the senior pastor. But when I get there, I submit to what they are preaching. Are you following me? 
I cannot introduce an independent spirit in that church. The people will be confused. The people will be confused. They say, ah, but our pastor is teaching a series. How come senior pastor comes and he's teaching something else? No. When I tell them, teach on go out and compel, if they are on part three, when I get there, I said, I'm preaching on a message title, go out and compel part three. I'm not introducing an independent spirit. Stages of disloyalty. And even in your marriage, you can decide to have an independent spirit. And say, I, I, I work for this. This is mine. The salary that came in is mine. So you begin to spend without a release from your husband or your wife. The church is very quiet this morning. If you are in the children's department, you teach what the pastor has asked you to teach. Don't introduce an independent spirit. You serve the vision of the what? The householder. The vision of the house. Don't confuse us. If you are in the choir and you are giving a song to sing, Sing that song. Don't choose another song. Sing what you've been asked to sing. Are you following what I'm saying? These things are so important because they will take you far. They will take you far. They will take you very far. True gatherers seek the growth of the church they belong to and not the opposite. They don't sabotage the vision of the church from within. You know, sabotages are people who don't want to leave, but within, they want to destroy it. Sabotages are not from without. They are from within. They are the ant that is, is biting you from your shirt. is sabotaging you publicly. You want to just take off your, you know, sabotaging you publicly. And sabotages are very dangerous. They don't leave, but they want to destroy everything from within. If you don't believe in the vision of the church, why are you there? Why are you? It's not by force. Is it by force? If you don't believe in the vision, please find another vision that you believe in. Be at a place where you'll be happy. Are you following me? That's why Jesus intentionally chose 12 when he came. Intentionally and purposefully. And even the 12, he said, have I not chosen you 12, but one of you is a devil. <coughs> Don't use the, the church as a step to get to where you want to get to and dump it. I've seen many Christians do this. They come in broke, frustrated. The church helps them. After they get to where they want to get to, they say, who are you? Church, what church? Church? Solu, Solu what? Solu? What's the church called? Solu? What kind of Solu? <laughs> I always say that your exit is remembered more than your entrance. Yeah. 
How many of you remember Martin Luther King? What do you remember him for? I have a dream. His exit. Not his entrance. How many of you remember how he entered? Nobody. So when you are at a place and you are exiting, make sure you don't break the handle at the end at the exit. Because when you break the handle, when you want to come back in, you can't open. I think my prayer room has a... <laughs> There's a bigger, if you want to understand what I'm saying, after the service, I'll take you to my prayer room. Somebody has broken my handle at the other side, so now I can't close the door because when I close it, I have to be knocking and peeping through the hole and praying for someone to come and open the door. This morning, my wife ended up locking us there and she kept knocking, please open. So don't break the other handle because if you break it, you can't can't have access to come in again. Please make sure that door is fixed. eh? Because one day you'll be waiting for me for service and I'll be there. (laughs) You'll be in the spirit and I'll be knocking. It's time for me to preach. But I'm locked there because I I can't exit. Praise God. Number 13, they follow protocol and honor they are set man or woman of God. They follow protocol and honor. Verse 26. <coughs> we'll find this in verse 27. The Bible says that he says, So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Say, Say, they said unto him, What? Say, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence has the tears come from? They follow protocol. They understand protocol. They understand what protocol. In every house, there is a protocol. In every nation, there is a protocol. In every organization, there is a protocol. And we have to learn to follow protocol. Protocol is when you are asked to pray for five minutes, you pray for five minutes. You don't pray for 15 minutes. You don't say the spirit of God. The spirit. No, no. You see, sometimes we use the spirit as an excuse. We blame everything on the spirit of God. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You are asked to pray for five minutes, Pray for five minutes and clear the path. Another person has to come. You are asked to sing. Come and sing. Don't preach to us. You are asked to lead prayer. Pray. Don't preach. Don't preach. And these days, as I'm teaching these things, I'll sit here and if you come and you are supposed to to, uh, pray for five minutes, and you start preaching, I'll tell you, get off, get off the stage. Oh, seriously, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start doing that because we need to bring order to the house. If the world wants to learn order, they must come to the church. The church mustn't become a place of disorder. Are you following what I'm saying? 
God is a God of order. God is a God of order. This is why when it's time for praise and worship, I don't come and pick up the mic and want to sing. That's not my place. Once I do that, I'm introducing disorder. Are you following what I'm saying? These things are so crucial and so important. Because the world is looking up to us. If we have to be a solution to the nations, it must start from the house. It must start from the house. So if you are given 45 minutes to preach, you preach for 45 minutes and you get off the stage. Very important. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? You know, God. Now, now, now. The reason why the Catholic Church has lasted, the reason why, is most of the time we say the Spirit of God is not in them. Don't we say that? We say that, don't we? We say the Spirit of God is not moving there. But have you noted that everything they do is systematic? And yet they've lasted longer. We've seen many charismatic churches that have come and have closed down in less than three years. Because the pastor is sleeping with women in the church and people think it's okay. The prophet. The prophet. I heard a story. The prophet married Bless the marriage of his assistant pastor. Went behind and started sleeping with his assistant pastor's wife. A prophet. And when they asked, he said it was the devil. And yet there are thousands flocking still following this person. That's, that's the church. That tells you Jesus is coming. So when you come to a church like this and everything is in order, systems and structures, you say, ah, the spirit of God is not there. Ah, it's not powerful. No, I don't think the pastor is powerful. He's only teaching, 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 teaching. Oh, no anointing. No anointing. And we judge anointing by goose pimples. I didn't feel no goose pimples. We judge anointing by falling down. I didn't fall down today. See? Are we seeing where the church is going to? Dangerous. If we are not careful, our children and our children's children will have nothing to follow. Because we don't believe in systems, structures, and order. So everybody comes and does as they feel. I don't come and do as I feel. If you come and do as you feel, there'll be nothing to replicate. There'll be nothing to replicate. That's why when you see a Mercedes Benz S500, they are all the same. You don't see an S500 that is shaped like that and the other one is shaped like that. No, no. They are all the same because the system structures and protocol in place for the rest to follow. 
I'm loving this message. So we must learn how to follow protocol. Protocol is when you visit a member of the church, you come back and report to the leader of that department. That's protocol. And say, I went and visited brother so so and so. He's not feeling well. And please, I've come to report that this person is not feeling well. Let's follow up. You don't go and visit and say, I've come to visit. No, no, no. You, you didn't go to visit on your authority. Even if you have not been sent by the leader or the pastor, you go on behalf of the church. You go on behalf of the church. You don't go and say, these pastors, they don't care about you. They don't care. These leaders, they are just there. They don't care. We have come to visit you. I have come to visit you. Read the scriptures carefully. Genesis chapter 25. When Abraham sent Eliezer to go and fetch a wife for his son Isaac. He said, when you get there, tell them you have come from the house of Abraham. That's protocol. Because as the church grows, you know, when we were 10, I could know who didn't come to church today when I get home. But as the church begins to expand, when people don't show up, before I remember, it's, it takes four weeks, six weeks. I can't remember everybody. Because not only am I pastoring this branch, I'm pastoring other branches. So as the church expands, some of us have to take on the responsibility that the pastor used to do. I used to visit. I can't visit like I used to visit any longer. Are you following me? So when you go and visit a member of the church, you don't, you don't keep it to yourself. You come and report because that is protocol. You've not been sent. When Jesus sent his disciples in the book of Matthew chapter 10, he said, when you go to a house, he sent them. Do X, Y, Z. And our protocol as a church is this is how we do it. So you don't go and visit a brother or a sister and paint the pastor or the pastors or the leader a bad person. And that person begins to think, ah, the church don't care about me. Ah, ah this pastor doesn't. No, 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 no. Remember, I've been preparing a message for quite a long time titled Joints. I'll probably preach it next year. Joints. The church is joints. It's a body joint. Everybody has to play a part. The Bible says that every joint supplies. The eye supplies vision. The head supplies leadership. The hands supplies provision. The legs supply walking. Every part of the body has to supply effectively what are you supplying to the body? Am I preaching? 
Number 14, the 14 sign is they observe the seed sown. They observe the seed sown by their master. That's also in verse 27. The Bible says, So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Said, Is there not so good seeds in thy field? Did I not so what? Good seeds. So that means they were observing the seeds their master was sowing. They noticed that he had sown what? Good seeds. Observation is one of the quickest ways of learning. The reason you have to observe is because the master will not be there forever. Tomorrow it will be your turn. Do you have any of you know that I won't be here forever? I won't be leading this church forever. A time will come, God will say, go there, and I have to obey because the church is not mine. And when the time comes, one of you will be chosen to lead. So now, if you are not observing and learning when the time comes, you begin to palpitate and shake. Because the master will not forever be there. That, this is how Jesus puts it. Jesus said very, in John 14, 12, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than this shall you do. And then not only that, in, in verse chapter 16 of verse 7, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So what Jesus is saying that it is expedient. It is good for you that I go away. Last week I was in here. One of our pastors was preaching. I will not be here forever. I will not be here forever. It's interesting when we were, we were in Ghana and um, <laughs> oh Lord have mercy. When we were in Ghana and when after we finish um Sunday, Monday, we were coming back because we have to fly back here uh, Monday evening. We have to leave Monday evening. So we had to fly from one of the cities to Accra. And the flight that we took, God have mercy. I, I've, I, I've seen turbulence, but that one, I've never seen it like that before. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So these days, maybe when you are going on the plane, you are not, you know, I mean, you are not safe. You don't know what to happen. You don't know what to happen. I'm telling you, I don't know whether this one was tabulous, but the thing came. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. I was, I was pleading. I said, God, there's a lot of work for me to do. Don't let me go now. <laughs> you people are laughing, but you don't know what. I was sweating physically sweating. My wife was laughing at me. I said, you don't know. You know, the thing is, when the thing is, what are you going to hold on to? <laughs> you know, I held on to the chair like that, but <laughs> oh, Lord, I, 
I said to God, you sent me here. Or you sent me. <laughs> so I've been thinking about, is it important to go on the plate for this mission to be accomplished? Just put me somewhere. Let me just do the work. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, to be honest, all kinds of things were flashing through my mind. I don't like small planes. I said, God, you know, I haven't even finished the work. The work is big. I'm telling you, it's really, it's hard. You know, when, I don't know, but this table, you know, most turbulence, the plane shakes like that. But this one, it was like he's dropping. One of them, when he came down, but was screaming, hey! May it never happen to you. Ha! Oh God, I was thinking about my children. I was thinking about the churches. I said, God, you know, you sent me here. Now, if you sent me here to come and do the work, why are you letting this, you know? Oh Lord, have mercy. So there's a lot of work for us, eh? We don't know when we'll go. Nobody knows when. I started thinking about Miles Monroe. You know, I started, I started, you know, I, I was looking for my phone. Who am I going to call? And there's no reception. <laughs> there's no reception in the air. I, I was sweating. Sweating. Physically sweating. May it never happen to anyone. The last one is they are accountable. That's the last one. They are what? Accountable. That's still in verse 27. The Bible says that, So the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then has it what? Tars. The, the key sentence we are focusing on is, From whence then has eight tasks. So that means the servants came and accounted to the master. The ultimate purpose of accountability is to stop waste. That's the purpose of accountability. And God hates waste. If you cannot account for the department that you've been put in, you'll never move higher. God hates waste. The parable of the talent one was given one, another was given two, another was given what? Five. Isn't that right? And the Bible says that when the master came back for them to account, the one that had five said, I have produced five more. And listen to what the master said. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now you can be a captain over 10 cities. You can have 10 cities. The second one also, you can have four cities or, or five cities. And then the last one said, I have buried it because I know you are wicked. Now, the key thing I want to bring to our attention is look at the time they were promoted only after they were accountable. Only after they were accountable, that's when they were promoted. So that means when you are not accountable, you will not be promoted. 
We have to learn to be accountable. Accountable in every department, accountable in every church we are in. Wherever you are, be accountable. I am accountable to my wife. I can't just get up and say, I'm going out. Where? To where? Where am I going without being accountable? I'm accountable. It can't just be a wife and just take the car keys and say, I'm just going to drive around. <laughs> Since when? I'm going to drive around. I'm just going to, I feel like driving around. Your, your, your husband asks you, where are you going? I just feel like. Accountability. As your pastor, I'm accountable not only to you, to God and to you also. I'm accountable. So that means everything I do, every decision I make, I take you into consideration because I'm accountable to you. Accountability is key. Accountability is key. I can't call somebody's wife in the night. Never. Never done. Never will do. Calling someone's wife in the night. What? A pastor. I'm accountable. Are you following what I'm saying? Accountability is key. Be accountable. Don't just get up and go. If you've been placed as a leader of a department, don't just go on holiday. You're going on holiday. We, we do understand. You are going, tell us at least two months, three months. Let us know so we can put something in place. So when you're not there, your department doesn't suffer. How would you feel if I go away and I don't account to anybody to come and preach? And then you just come here and after praise and worship, everybody sits down and there's no preacher. Can you imagine? So we have to learn to be accountable. Accountable one to another. That's respect. When I put you in a department, learn to be accountable. If you're a pastor, in a, learn to tell me what you've used the money for. We have to account. Accountability must come back to the church. As your pastor, I can't just get up and say, the church money is there, so I'm just going to no, I have to be accountable. I can't use the church money for personal gain. That's God's money. You have to be accountable. Every penny, you have to be accountable. The money just, well, once they take the offering, I say, how much came today? And I say, give me, give me 20 pounds. <laughs> no. No, we don't do that. Every penny goes into the church's bank account. Time has come, I don't even know what comes in and what goes out. Praise God. That's where I want to get to. Where I'm not responsible for the church finances. That's accountability. I don't sign the checks. I don't have access to the church account. That's accountability. I don't have the church money in my house or in my personal bank account. Let it pass through my bank account. And then I'll put it back into the church account. No, 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 no. Are you following what I'm saying? We have to learn to be accountable. 
Accountable. Christians who are accountable. When you are given an assignment, after you complete, come and tell us you did X, Y, Z. Give us an update. Sometimes some, of, some people think that, pastor is always asking for an update. Do you know what I'm teaching you? Accountability. You come back and account because I also have to account to my boss. Because the Bible says that when I stand before God, I'll give an account of all of you. I'll give you a last scripture and we'll close. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. <coughs> and see what accountability. I'll stand before God and account for all of you. Hebrews 13, verse 7. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. It says, remember which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their what? Conversation. In other words, other translation says that obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they have watched for your souls as they must give accounts. They must what? Give. So that means when I stand before God, I will give account. Is that a King James Version? Is it there? I can't say give account. Which version am I using? Maybe another. It's a give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For it is unprofitable for you. For it is what? Unprofitable for you. So when we stand before God, we'll give account. What did you use your life for? How many souls did you win this year? Who are you establishing in the house of God? God will require all of us to give an account. Church, I believe without any shadow of doubt that God wants our church to become big. All our churches to become big. And it will take all of us to become gatherers. And these are so far the 15 signs of those who gather. Hallelujah. Did you receive it? You don't seem to have received. Did you receive it this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. Why don't we rise up on our feet?